What is up? Hello, and welcome in to another edition of Downey and Martez, a special holiday edition of the show. Happy holidays to you and yours. I am the Downey half of this holiday dynamic duo. I am Trey Downey, and with me every single week is the one, the only, the holly, the jolly, the birthday boy, Lynn Martez. Lynn, What's up, man? I got a lot of problems with you people. <laughs> Festivus for the rest of us. Actually, is the this, <laughs> this going to be an airing of grievances? There you go. <laughs> I think we're going to have some when we talk about oh, last week. That's game. why I said it. <laughs> Nine or nothing. You get shut out. I got a lot of problems with you people. Want me to start running down names? <laughs> we start with number 12. Start with a damn, oh God, start, oh, start with number 12, we'll start with all the backups. Next man up, it wasn't that way Sunday night, God dang it. Oh, don't get me started, man. I've been, I've been waiting. I've been waiting five days to blow the steam off. And yeah, trying to be, well, I'm you- trying to be jolly, man. <laughs> la, 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 la. Well, we are here to uh to talk about that we'll talk about the bucks lost on sunday night football to the new orleans saints and then we will preview this weekend's game the boxing day matchup against the carolina panthers and we'll take a look around the nfl some interesting results and the playoff picture continues i don't want to say i don't know if it get continues to get clearer or continues to get murkier or what the heck is going on, but uh, a ton to talk about on today's show. But before we do that, just your quick social reminder, you can follow Lynn on Twitter at Elmar810. You can follow myself on Twitter at TD Experience, and follow Bucks Nation on Twitter at Bucks underscore Nation. And wherever you're listening to this podcast, do us a favor, click that uh, like or subscribe or that plus button uh, on your preferred listening device. It helps us out. More people will be able to find the podcast easier when they throw that search term in there and then for you it'll show up uh you'll get that notification every week when a new podcast drops and by the way also check out bucksnation.com even with the holiday the staff over there the our great writers have been putting out a ton of content for your enjoyment okay lynn Let's let let's start the airing of grievances. Last last week, <laughs> Sunday night Sunday night football, the Bucks lose nine to nothing to the New Orleans Saints. Uh, they lose Chris Godwin to a season-ending ACL uh, injury. Mike Evans goes down after his first catch. The injury is definitely not as severe, but he missed the majority of that game. Uh, Leonard Fournette gets banged up as well, and even with all of the injuries, like. Until the Saints got that last field goal that made it 9 nothing, I'm like, there's no way that Brady's going to get shut out. They're going to go down. They're going to score a field goal. They're going to win this game like 10-6 to or something like that. Until the Saints went up 9 nothing, that's when I was finally like, man, they're actually going to lose this game and get swept by a Saints team that isn't very good, and especially especially at the quarterback position. But I talked about the Halloween loss being a bad loss. The Bucks are lucky at what else is going on in the NFC right now, especially with, with Arizona and them still being somewhat alive for uh, home field advantage. But that was a tough, tough one to swallow. 
and the Bucks injuries are really, really starting to stack up because it looked like, I mean, even you have the best quarterback on the planet, best quarterback ever, and Tom Brady, and he looked a little bit lost there somewhat. And then you even have some of your best players, Tristan Wirfs, Got his lunch ate plenty of times by Cam Jordan on Sunday night. Just a game that the Bucks are deaf. I don't know if they want to remember that for motivation or they just want to burn that tape and forget it forever. Because offensively, I since Tom Brady has been here, even through the, the rough stages early last year, I can't remember a worse game. And obviously, they put up no points. Yeah, first of all, he um, shut out, but they had an opportunity to score. And Ryan Sucker Missed a field, field goal, goal. yeah. So that's grievance number one. Brady fumbled in the red zone as well. You going to so let me two. go? Yeah, I'm letting you go. You go. That's go. grievance number two. Okay. The fact that we can talk about Tom Brady being the greatest of all time, but the greatest of all time has his kryptonite. And his kryptonite is teams that can rush for and get to the quarterback. And I don't blame Tristan Wurz for having a bad game on, on Sunday. The guy's two years in the league, and that's his first bad game. <laughs> and, he didn't, and he didn't have it against a scrub. He had a dud game against a stud in Cameron Jordan, who had two of the four sacks that the Saints got. But the Saints were successful because they had the kryptonite, and they have the kryptonite of Tom Brady. And that is rush four. Get to him, hit him, hit him early. That's what's been the 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 thing that's worked against Tom. Teams have been successful in beating Tom. As quick as this release is, that's how you beat him. Not to mention the fact that, like I said earlier, next man up. Well, next man up means that you've got to at least play relatively close to being a starter in this league. So if you're Scotty Miller of your, or if you're Tyler Johnson, you don't have to be Chris Godwin. You don't have to be Mike Evans. But you have to be good enough to be plugged in to be relatively, again, a starter in this league. Those are the two guys I mentioned. Evans, Godwin, Pro Bowl wide receivers. But the other two that came in the game after they went out did not play well. They had drops. They, they didn't run tight routes. You could see it. That's why Tom was as frustrated as he was with the way things were going. Granted, they don't have a lot of time playing together when it comes to the ones playing with the twos and, and, and Blaine Gabbitt playing with those guys more than Tom Brady has. But they played, they played enough time together when Tom puts his workouts together to have those guys be tight. And that's the thing that you have to go back to. See, Tom doesn't just run those workouts back in May and in June because he's bored. He does it because he's been in this league 20-plus years, and he knows that at some point he's going to have to rely on Scotty Miller and Tyler Johnson. And that's why he informally wants your attendance at those workouts because he knows at some time, whether it's November, December, January, it's going to be important for us to have the relationship, the chemistry. That's why. So when you're sitting around, Bucks fans, in April and in May, and Tom Brady's running those workouts, don't laugh. 
He's doing it for situations like Sunday nights when all of a sudden you look up and there's, oh, there's no 14. Oh, there's no 13. And you got Scotty Miller and you got Tyler Johnson out there. And there's no seven either. I mean, can we can we loop Keyshawn Vaughn in with those other two? Because he oh, was the most I was noticeable. I, I, I'm, I'm, yeah. I got a no, I got a number of grievances. I got a lot of problems with you people. <laughs> Keyshawn Vaughn ain't it, I man. I haven't got to the running game yet. Yeah. I haven't got to the running back position yet. That's another key that, and pardon the pun, that's another key that I want to bring up because Keyshawn Vaughn actually missed some of those workouts last year in May and in June. And you know what? Once again, when Tom runs those workouts, he's doing it for a reason, like Sunday night, Keyshawn. So when you do get in the game, you don't look lost. Here's another thing. Another grievance. I got a lot of problems with you people. Here's another one. Okay. Ronald Jones should be a third down back in this league by now. As much as I give Keyshawn Vaughn a hard time and based off of what I just mentioned and the fact that he had me screaming at the TV on Sunday night, um, Ronald Jones should be a third, third down back in this league. Two reasons why he's not a third down back. A, because you don't want him to get him hurt and miss a blitz pickup and get 12 hurt. You got you to gotta pass block, dude. You're running back in this league. You, it's one thing to come into the league out of college and be like, oh, well, you know, they don't teach us pass blocking in college football. Okay, fine. You're in the league three years now, four years now. Get it down. That's number one. Number two, or the second reason why he's not a third down back in this league, look what I'm doing. And I ain't doing magic fingers. I'm showing you my hands. He ain't got none. So I got a lot of problems with you people. And that's one I got with Ronald Jones. He doesn't have the hands to be a third down back in this league. That's not a good thing. And that's why Sunday was was the way it was because when you lose seven, as you mentioned, you should, you should be able to plug in Ronald Jones, who runs hard, but you should be able to plug him in and be like, okay, I can trust him to protect my quarterback. I can trust him to be able to catch the football if I need to check down on third down and get some yardage to get close to the first down so I can go forward on fourth down or put myself in a better position to punt the football. You can't do that with Ronald Jones. That's why Keyshawn Vaughn was playing on Sunday. And that's why, Keyshawn, you make sure you show your butt up. I almost said the A word. Show your butt up for those workouts. I'm done. And, and also Giovanni Bernard being out, that's that's the reason why they're in that situation, that they don't have the third down running back that would be in there, even if Leonard Fournette was healthy. Gio would be the guy that's in there on third down. So uh, just a just a horrible horrible game puts the bucks in a situation where they really could have taken control of the nfc i mentioned it last week not thinking that there was another loss on the schedule but now we're in we're in a situation where len you know what i'm gonna go ahead and say it they're playing the panthers twice and they're playing the jets even with these three in these injuries they they should they shouldn't lose lose another Mm -hmm. game yeah where, where do where do we want to go from here next? Do we want to talk about the Levante David injury? Do we want to talk about what the Bucks did at running back in terms of uh, bringing in someone? With where do we want to go? Or do we want to go with the fact that 
Antonio Brown is, and Mike Edwards are back, and apparently that decision was made before even the the injuries to Evans and Godwin that week that last weekend. I think we should go there because we've talked about that for. I don't doubt that's that true. I don't doubt that's true. I, no, I'm not doubting it either. Yeah, no, I know, I know. Because yeah. the the news came out before the no, game. I know. And I don't doubt that's true, but the thing is, as we talked about a couple of weeks ago, somebody told us, and like I said, I've covered plenty of coaches who say one thing out of one side of their neck and say and say another when the future comes around out of the outside of the neck. <laughs> you, I don't know why, because ultimately, you know what matters? Ooh, winning. That's what matters. And Antonio Brown puts you in a better position to win whether this team would be fully healthy or they're in a situation they're in now with two of their starting wide receivers out. Winning's what matters. And you know what also matters? <laughs> that guy who takes the snaps on Sundays, who says, what do you mean we're talking about cutting Antonio Brown? No, we're not cutting Antonio Brown. Bruce gave you that, oh, he's got one strike thing talk when Antonio Brown first got in. Maybe the strike had to be such a, of a magnitude for it to be one strike. But when he said one strike, we all knew it wasn't going to be one strike. Okay. Now he's at a point now where, okay, one more strike. That's where we're at. And until, and until there's a reason to get rid of him to the standpoint of you're not close to winning, he's going to be here. Or until Tom says, I've had enough. Uncle, I'm tapping out. I've had enough of this silliness. Get this guy out of here. But that's not going to happen. That's Like I said, he puts you in a position to win. And at, at this standpoint, even though you said the decision was made prior to, which I believe, and you're right, um, Sunday night just pretty much. They might have changed their mind. If if the if the or if the decision was still up in the air going no. into Sunday night, no, they, no, no, we don't even have to go down that road because again, yeah. the decision was already made. Yeah. What Sunday night did, what Sunday night did, to, told you if anyone thought he was going to get cut, he wasn't going to get cut. That's what Sunday you, night did. It didn't change things. It didn't. It didn't change things at the Advent Health Training Center and one buck inside that building. What it, what it should have changed is anyone's perception that he was going to get cut. That's what Sunday night did. The injuries changed anyone's perception when it came to the fact, oh, oh Tony Brown, oh, sure, he can get cut. No, he can't. You just lost two wide receivers. He ain't getting cut. Are you surprised that when Evans and Godwin went down, especially more so, more so Evans, that they didn't tr in the struggles that Johnson and Miller were having that they didn't try using OJ Howard at all like out as a wide receiver because I, when when they're having those struggles and you have a big weapon like that and you still have you still have Gronk and Brate to play tight end I was like I was thinking in my head I'm like do you do you take a shot and spread OJ out a little bit and no, try and get something going Yeah no here's the thing you have a game plan right you have a game plan and to do what you mentioned would change the game plan. Granted, you may have lost Godwin. You may have lost Evans. But with the game plan, all you're doing is taking the two guys who are now playing for them and running the same game plan. If you're talking about all of a sudden using O.J. Howard, you're changing your game plan. All of a sudden, you're changing things that you haven't done 
all season. You don't long. think OJ could OJ can do a little bit of what I mean? He's not as fast as Mike Evans, but he's got some similar size. Who would you Who would you want to rely on? You want to rely on the wide receivers who've been who've been basically taking those snaps and and been running running that offense, running that game plan every day of practice. You wouldn't you want to have those guys? be in the offense as opposed to all of a sudden, hey, OJ, oh, by the way, now we're going to put you in the slot and have you run what we ran with Chris. He's probably yeah. never done it because you can't do that. I mean, physically, when you look at the skill set, yeah, but that's, we were talking about being in, like I said, we're being talking about being in December. We're talking about, again, when the twos, when the twos run the offense, that's what, Tyler John, that's what Tyler Johnson's doing. That's what Scotty Miller's doing. That's not what OJ Howard's doing. So when you run your game plan and you run it in situations like this because guys get hurt, whether it's two guys get hurt or one guy gets hurt, there's times where you know a guy gets hurt and all of a sudden you gotta play what you gotta plug one of your twos in to run the offense, to run your game plan. So yeah, that would be asking too much of, of the offense and asking too much of OJ to all of a sudden start doing things that he hasn't done all season long. Maybe we see a little bit. I, Mike Evans' status is still up in the air uh, for Sunday. I did see on Twitter, I believe, from Joey Knight that Mike Evans was not out there during the small portion of practice that was open to. Yeah, that was open to the media today. Uh, Antonio Brown showed up at the very tail end of that, according to Joey Knight of the Tampa Bay Times, and then. Uh, Antoine Winfield was working out and seemed to be running well as far as those injury concerns go. Let's talk about the running back situation and the fact that because of the injury to Leonard Fournette and because of the injury to Giovanni Bernard with him still being out as well, Bucks left with Ronald Jones and Keyshawn Vaughn. The Bucks go out and they make another one of those signings. Of and these. they signed Jake Paul? Oh, no, they wanted to sign a guy that wanted to fight Jake Paul. Le'Veon Bell now is a Tampa Bay Buccaneer. Lynn, are we expecting this to be more of what Shady McCoy was last year? More of what Giovanni Bernard oh, is no. this year? No, or no. even worse than what Shady had, what Shady brought last year? Somewhere in between, uh, uh, slightly above Shady, way below what Gio was doing. Listen, you mentioned Gio earlier, and honestly, if Gio's healthy on Sunday night, he probably plays the majority of the snaps on Sunday night. I know Ronald Jones played some of them, but let's understand something. In the last um, last three games combined, Brady has 145 passing attempts. You ain't running in a whole lot in the last three games. You're just not. And, and granted, he threw it 48 times on Sunday night. But there's two other games that you do it a whole bunch of times. So they haven't been running it a whole lot, especially the fact that you were playing from behind most of Sunday night, trailing at halftime six to nothing. If Gio's healthy, guess what you're running? You're running, you're running your third down offense. You're running it to where you're probably going to pass it a whole lot and you're going to dump it off to him and, or find mismatches that he can get against linebackers. And at that standpoint, again, He's he's valuable. I don't think Le'Veon Bell gives you that at this stage of his uh, career. He might give you a game or two, but I'm not expecting a whole lot. Really not. This this running back position is going to fall on 
and fall at the feet of Ronald Jones. And I brought up the two things he doesn't do well. <laughs> I'm not saying that's going to change between now and January either. I wish, I wish we can go, poof, you can pass block now. Poof, you can catch now. But that's not the case. That's not happening. And listen, do, Ronald, do you Jones, think Ronald Jones isn't alone because Tom came from a team that in New England had three different backs, right? They would have James White, who, you know, basically was his, his Gio Bernard, who was his pass catching back. And then they had two other backs who ran it for him. That's how the league is. Unfortunately, the Bucs aren't at a, in a position to have multiple backs do multiple things. They need Ronald Jones to be the back that they expected when they drafted him. And they basically trained him up to be where he can be pass blocking back. And be a third down back. You mentioned how many times that the Bucks have passed the ball over the past three games. Let's sort of transition going into this coming weekend against Carolina and what they have the final three weeks of the season. Do you think that the Bucks? do you think we are going to see more of a heavy dose of Ronald Jones over the next couple weeks, especially with the injuries to the receivers? Ronald Jones, I mean, I am completely with you on the pass blocking and the pass catching, but especially lately his running is night and day from it was from what it was early in this season so i think that the bucks might get back to trying to run the ball a lot more with ronald jones and it's not like that i don't think that the bucks necessarily need to keep the offenses of carolina or the jets off of the field and to be honest the I mean, we aired all of your grievances. None of them were on the defensive side of the ball. The Saints still didn't score a touchdown on Sunday night. There is a big injury on that side of the ball to Levante David, the quarterback of this defense. But I think moving forward, I think that the Bucks are going to try and get uh, Rojo going early because, I mean, Antonio. if Mike Evans doesn't play, I think Antonio Brown, Gronk, and Rojo are probably your three best offensive weapons. Yeah. <laughs> Cam Brate, throw, throw Cam Brayton there too. Nah, red zone. Um, you brought up a name that maybe they start thinking about making him more of a part of the offense, and that's OJ Howard. Yeah. Because they've ran, they've ran too tight an offense. But they've ran. Tom did that a ton in New England. Yeah, but they've ran it. The Bucks ran it with Cam and Gronk. Yeah. Maybe, maybe there's an opportunity here to run your two tight off tight end offense with two of the better blockers from the tight end position because Cam's not really a good blocker. Uh, He's adequate. But if you can run your offense, two tight end offense, and running a little more, then all of a sudden you could take advantage of teams who are looking for the run and you have two pass catching tight ends and Howard and, and Gronk. I say all that, not expecting to see it, only because I don't really know if this coaching staff sees OJ the way the previous one did. I mean, he's fall, I mean, he's seriously falling off. Think about it. Cam Bray is probably a bigger threat in this offense. You look, listen to you. You said it, right? Yeah. You, you you brought it up when you mentioned the threats in this offense. You didn't say OJ. You said Cam Bray. And that's not a knock on, on your thinking. It goes back to the fact of what we've seen in the last, I mean, I know he got hurt last year, but 
Even this year, how much He's Brady has used Brady. I mean, I, I remember when, when you know, he had a couple of big games with, with, with Fitzmagic at, at quarterback. I mean, that's, that's three years ago, dude. And I'd like to think that I'm thinking, I'm thinking correctly and thinking that he could be a bigger threat now that these other guys are out. You'd like to see it. Would I count on it? No. Would I bet on it? No. But if I sit and watch the game on Sunday and see it happen, I, th- I would think, okay, probably a good way to, to, to get your offense going. But I, I just can't think about, I just can't think that they would actually do that because he hasn't shown me and they haven't shown me that they think that that's a, that's a good way of going about things and good way of, of, of having their, their football team move the football. So what's the Bucks' goal in these last three games? Just win them and try <laughs> and try and get his to and try and advance. Yeah, that is it to to win these games. Try and get his best playoff seating as you can. Do you hold a guy like? Are you in a situation where you can hold a guy like Mike Evans out to try and get him more healthy for the playoffs? And I mean, are they in a situation with all? You're of not these in the situation to play guys that are hurt. Okay, so with you're not it, that desperate. And I think that that's part of the reasoning why they've went ahead and said that Fournette and Levante David are done for the regular season. I think that that's part of that. Well, I mean, that might be, but it's all, what's part of it is is how serious the injuries are. I mean, those guys yeah. might be hurt enough to where it may not just, it may not be. Oh, we're just going to rest you up. It may be we need three weeks, you mm-hmm. need four weeks, you need you need this time to get healthy to get you know close to relatively close to you know, a hundred percent, they may need that time. It, it, it ain't like, it ain't like you, you put the car in neutral and said, we're going to coast down this hill. Oh, hell no. No, you need to put your foot on the gas a little bit and stay in the dry position. Uh, the only reason, like I said, the reason why they're on IR isn't because they're thinking in terms of we need to protect them. Protecting them is probably down a lot, down a list of things. The most important thing is we need to get them back healthy. And this is the length of time we need to get them healthy. Where's your confidence level at in this team after that loss and with and with the injuries? Where is your confidence level at as far as them still being a top Super Bowl contender in the NFC? I mentioned earlier what's going on with what's going on with Arizona, them kind of falling off, but right now do we really see this team going into Lambeau Field and beating the Packers the way that they played this past weekend? <laughs> My comp after, after Sunday? yeah <laughs> my confidence is, is not there definitely not there now just remember where we were last year certainly the injuries didn't take place but not only that but how this team played the last quarter half of the season and the run they went on in the playoffs the confidence isn't the same as last year because of what we watched last year and how this team was playing compared to how they played on Sunday night. Not to mention the fact that the injuries are certainly taking its toll too. I mean, last year, the, in, the one injury you had was uh, Devin White. But other than that- Vita Vea as well. Oh, Vita Vea, but he, yeah. but he came back and played in the playoffs. He did, yes. Okay, so again, you have those, you, I'll give you those two injuries, but you didn't have them, you didn't have them in the regular, you had one in the regular season, you had Vita Vea in the regular season, White was later in the regular season and missed a playoff game against against the Washington football team. 
but you still looked like you looked like a team that was going to be have to be accounted for in the playoffs. And you didn't it's, have all these injuries on the offensive side of the ball. Godwin was banged no, up that's earlier my, in the that's, season, no, but he was back healthy. That's yeah. my point. You went into the playoffs healthy and on a, on an upswing where you rhythmically rhythm, with the rhythm that you had offensively, the, the way they were scoring forty plus points a game. Man, I'm sitting here thinking, like, man, if they can score twenty against the Panthers, they'll win. What if they? But will they? Will they score twenty? That's that's what that's what I'm thinking. I'm literally sitting here thinking that. I mean, I know the Panthers have stunk it up and have lost five straight home games, and you know it's a team that's five and nine, and Cam is what he is at, at quarterback. I certainly would bet on Tom over Cam. I certainly would have bet Tom over Taysom too, but that didn't happen on Sunday night. But the Panthers aren't the Saints defensively. But again, if, if the if you tell me the Bucs score 20 points on Sunday, I tell you they win. Yep. But will they get to I 20? agree. <laughs> That's my question. Will they my get pick, to I my pick was 21-10. Maybe I maybe I'm blinded by I don't know, but it's really hard to have – I'm I'm with you on having a ton of confidence after last after week. After watching them struggle on Sunday night the way they did – and I, listen, you like to think plug and play, right? You plug plays in, they play, next man up, and so on and so forth. But they're not robots, dude. Things happen. Yeah. And Sunday night – Sunday night was, was – you'd like to think of a, a blip in the radar, so to speak. And you like to think that a full week of preparation will get guys on the same page and the chemistry will be better going into Carolina. Because again, all of a sudden you're, you know, you're Sunday night football and all of a sudden, uh-oh, Chris Godwin's hurt. Uh-oh, Mike Evans is, is hurt. Uh-oh, you got to put Scotty Miller and Tyler Johnson in the game. And uh-oh, they got to be number ones. That, I mean, that's, that's a lot to ask of guys. I mean, I know I, I, know I had my grievance. I got a lot of problems with you people. I know I had my grievance in regards to the wide receivers, but it's a lot to ask of guys to, to step up in that situation. But again, they're pros, so they should be able to do that. They didn't on Sunday night. You're hoping they do that on Sunday against the Panthers, one o'clock, in a, in a game that they've had a week to prepare for. Now, let's look at the NFC as a whole. The Arizona Cardinals, who I've praised all season long, lose to a horrible Detroit Lions <laughs> team and a game that wasn't entirely close. You've got the Rams who have been a little bit up and Wait, down. You smell you've that? Got... You smell that? Smell that? You've got the, you've got the Cowboys wait, wait, who you have been. Wait, wait, wait. You smell that? That smells like a Len Martez. I told you so. <laughs> Where I mentioned that – your that my confidence and your confidence in the Bucks isn't ve- isn't very high, but let's talk about the NFC or the right let's now. Talk about the Cardinals. The, no, no, I'm bring I'm bringing this up as a whole. Okay, are the Packers are the Packers like unequivocally unequivocally the favorite? Are they a heavy favorite now in the NFC because no. of what's going on with the Bucks and what's going on with? Arizona? No, they're fav- they're a, they're a favorite, but they've they've had their stinkers too. I mean, two weeks ago, they the lost, Buc- two weeks ago they lost to Minnesota. Are the Bucks still your Are the Bucks still your number two team? 
or where is where does Arizona rank for you right now? Is Arizona below San Fran, even though San Fran loses a close game? Like no, no, no. Arizona's above San Francisco, but I just when it when <laughs> you don't want me to talk about Arizona, dude. I'm giving you. I'm I'm letting you. Uh, I'm, I'm going to tell you what I told you freaking months ago. All right. At some point, like I said, those little the, those finesse teams get punched in the mouth. And everybody, every and everybody starts taking you. Start the competition starts getting better, and everyone starts taking away what you're accustomed to doing and what you're successful in doing. And all of a sudden, you look up and it's like, uh oh, now what do we do? That's that's the problem that I have with the Cardinals. But the besides, DeAndre Hopkins injury is big for them, though. Oh no, most definitely. Yeah. Oh no, 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 most definitely. Losing losing D Hop is is definitely huge, but when it comes to Declaring a, a, a clear cup favorite in the NFC, I'll give you Green Bay. But am I am I like ready to ready to say that that's going to be the the NFC representative in the Super Bowl? No, 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 no. Because see, <laughs> I watched Green Bay last year against Tampa Bay, and and as much as we can talk about how well the Bucks played, there were things that the Bucks did that were helped by Green Bay. They turned the ball over a couple of times in that football game, right? Sean Murphy Bunting got a pick, and not to mention the fact that 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 uh, ended a half touchdown by Scotty Miller, which yep. wasn't a hail mary, by the way. Scotty Miller just ran a deep pattern past a guy that didn't know Scotty Miller's speed <laughs> and got torched. But again, Green Bay helped the Bucks in in the Bucks winning that NFC Championship game. I say that because. They could do that this year against the Rams in the divisional game. You want me to have clear-cut faith in, in, in the Green Bay, uh, Green Bay Packers when there was a year they went 15-1 and with Aaron Rodgers and the Giants went in there in, was it 2011-2012 and smoked them in the divisional, divisional round after they had to buy? Green Bay's, I mean, I know, I know that's a long time ago. And I like to think that things have changed. But I could see Green Bay fall, fall into a team in the divisional round after having that bye. Are they the click-up favorites? Yes. But are they, you know, leaps and bounds ahead of everyone else? No. No one is. No one is. Not in either conference. Absolutely not. And the fact that they have home field, doesn't matter to me. I think I, I think you can pick multiple teams that could go into Green Bay and win. And the Bucks, Bucks, even now with with the questions that the Bucks have at wide receiver, you would think by the time the playoffs come around, some of those questions will be answered, and the Bucks could be one of those teams that could go in Green Bay and win in Green Bay. As we've been recording this, Bruce Arians officially ruled out both Mike Evans and Antoine Winfield for Sunday. So it is going to be not shocking. Brown- yeah, yeah. I haven't practiced so weeks. Not shocking. It's gonna be it is gonna be Antonio Brown, Tyler Johnson, and Scotty Miller on Sunday at wide receiver. Maybe a little bit of uh Jalen Darden thrown in there as well. The no, Bucks, Darden, nope, Darden is out. He's got COVID. Darden is out. Okay. So He's on the COVID list. Yeah. I mean, it's not like Darden was was doing a ton on the offensive side of the ball, but still, uh it's gonna be those those three that I mentioned. And right now Looking at the NFC picture, Green Bay still at the top of the division at eleven and three. Dallas, because of uh, because of their conference record, eight and one. Their only losses to the Bucks, 
even though that was that head-to-head scenario. You've got four teams tied at head at at ten and four, so the Bucks head-to-head doesn't matter. Dallas is technically your two seed right now. The Bucks are the three seed. Arizona still technically the leaders in the NFC West. So if the playoffs were to start today, the Bucks would be playing the second wild card, which is the San Francisco 49ers. And then you have that last wild card battle with three teams at seven and seven, Minnesota, Philadelphia, and New Orleans. All of those teams, I mean, do you really want to play New Orleans again after what you've went through with that no. team with that team this no. season? Not to mention and- the fact that what what gets lost in the conversation with the, with the Saints, somewhat, is and we get like I said they have Tom's kryptonite, and even Superman had his. Tom has his. You rush four, you get to the quarterback with four. That's his kryptonite. But what gets lost in those wins this year by the Saints is the fact that they did it. <laughs> with three different quarterbacks. They started game one with Jameis, then Trevor Simeon, and then they won Sunday night with Taysom Hill. And now they're going to have to go to Ian Book, and Blake Bortles was just signed to be his backup. And I, and I, and I said this to you, and I'm, I'm not, when I say this, not, this isn't I told you so, like I sniffed out the Arizona Cardinals. This is more along the lines of, it's, it is what it is. Back when... They played that game, that game on Halloween, when we were previewing that one. I said, look, if the Saints win this football game, it's not about the players. It's about, it's about the system and how they, how they choose to keep Tom Brady from having the football and how they run their offense and how they use Kamara. And granted, it didn't necessarily fall into place like that, but it's about, it's about Sean Payton. And granted, he may have not been there Sunday night when they won at Raymond James on Sunday night, but that's his, that's his game plan. That's his coaching staff. Everything they do is revolved around Sean Payton. And that's why they're able to win <laughs> against Tom Brady with three different quarterbacks. And that's why they're able to beat the Bucs with three different quarterbacks in two games this year. Let's talk about this weekend's schedule because it is another very good schedule. I alluded to the 49ers and Titans game. That was a very good Thursday night game as the Titans are trying to battle to get that first round by in the AFC. The, the, the 49ers still fighting for their playoff lives in the NFC. The Titans win that game after a horrible first half, come back in the second half, and Ryan Tannehill leads them on that uh, last drive to kick the game-winning field goal. But you've got... Pack the Packers, a team that the Bucks had their eye on, hosting the Browns on Christmas, and a Browns team that if they lose that game, they are definitely going to be out of the playoffs. And then the game that I'm really looking forward to is seeing how the Cardinals respond to what happened last week when one of the hottest teams in the NFL, the Indianapolis Colts, and a team that likes to get physical, as you like to say, come into Arizona on Christmas night. That one is very interesting to me. Yeah. And you and you still got Ravens and Bengals on Sunday, Rams and Vikings, Bills and Pats again, Monday night, uh, Dolphins and Saints, but oh, Colts yeah. and Cardinals is where it's at for me. Yeah, this you want to talk about the Ian Book Saints against the uh, Ian Book Saints against the against the Miami Dolphins. By the way, the Saints could end up losing this week. And then all of a sudden, you know, uh, I, yeah. I, I mean the, the Bucks 
even if they lose against Carolina, which I don't think they will, but if they lose against Carolina, the Saints lose on Monday night, which they can play with the third string quarterback. Bucks still clinch the division, yeah. Yeah, they Bucks still clinch the division. But when it comes to the Colts Cardinals game, here's the reason why I like it because it's a preview of what the Cardinals are going to see in the playoffs. And that is an offense that is going to limit the amount of times you get the football in the hands of Kyler Murray. That's it. And, and you're going to know, just like everybody else, just like the pet Patriots knew a couple of weeks ago, you're going to know who's coming. And it's Jonathan Taylor. What are you going to do about it? You're going to know he's running behind that big physical offensive line. What are you going to do about Arizona? And see, what we're going to find out Saturday night is if Arizona can stop teams from doing what the Colts are going to do. Because Arizona's in the playoffs. They're going to be in the playoffs. But what you're going to do on, on Saturday night, Arizona, is you're going to show the rest of the league, the rest of the teams in NFC, whether or not you can handle what they want to do against you, what the Colts want to do. Because if you can't, you've just given the team that you're going to play in the first round the blueprint of beating you. And, I mean, especially if you're in a situation where you're playing uh, a Minnesota team who likes to – San Francisco. Yep, who both like to – like to run the football, definitely interesting scenarios. Heck, you if if you don't win this football game with the Rams having the same record as you, you could be in a situation where you're having to go on the road to maybe even a Dallas, who we know they like to run the football. So definitely uh, a big one for Arizona. Where are you at on Ravens and Bengals? Who where are you control- at? Who takes control of the AFC North on, on Sunday? I'll, I'll, I'll pair this together. AFC North and AFC East, very big games. Ravens and Bengals, Bills and Patriots, very likely that the winners of those two games win the division. I said that earlier about uh, Patriots and Bills, but uh, the Bills are still very much in it. And there is a scenario that is not entirely uh, outrageous where the Patriots still miss the playoffs. If they lose to the Bills on Sunday and then they lose in the final week of the season to Miami, the dominoes are going to start to fall. The Patriots are not locked into this thing. And a couple of weeks ago, you were talking them about, about them as possibly an AFC favorite. And I was ready to say after that Buffalo game that they were going to win the AFC East. It is not written in stone, especially if Josh Allen we'll goes into Foxborough, Foxborough on Sunday and gets <laughs> we'll a win. We'll be after Sunday. You think the Patriots lock it up? Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, what what did the Bills do in, in the last two weeks that I should feel like they're they're back to the team that I thought they would be when the season started and be the team that's going to win the AFC East? They beat the Panthers. Whoop the damn do! They didn't do anything. Let a great comeback against the Bucks. The weather in Foxborough. The wind. They in lost a game against the Bucks. The win, the wind in Foxborough is not going to be again. What, it was like what did in they Buffalo? do the last two weeks that I should say, oh, you know what? What I thought in September is true in December. The Bills are back and they're the best team in the AFC East. They haven't done anything in the last two weeks other than beat the Panthers. And we just talked about the Panthers. The Panthers stink. They're horrible. Where you at on Mac Jones after a not very good game against Indy this past weekend? Yeah. It happens. He's young. Yeah. I mean, 
I'm not. Listen, the, the Patriots don't win because Mac Jones is going to get 300 yard games. His main job is to take care of the football. And more importantly than him is that running game. If they don't run it well, it doesn't matter what Mac Jones does. The, their offense is built around those two running backs, Harris and Stevenson. That's what it's so let's go. So let's go back to Baltimore, Cincinnati, who takes control there. And I didn't know I'm a big I, I I'm big on analytics, and surprisingly, I did not expect this. Joe Burrow is the number one ranked quarterback by pro football focus this entire season. He's not on the the MVP type list, but especially with what happened this past weekend with Tom Brady, uh I everybody knows how I feel about Jonathan Taylor and how she he should be included. But maybe Joe Burrow deserves to be on some ballots as well. They better win some more games. And he maybe he will be. Yeah. I give them you, credit because when the season started, you weren't when I say you, I don't mean you personally, but one wasn't thinking, hmm, Cincinnati could win the AFC North. I mean, I wasn't thinking that. You, I remember, you, I think it was early in the season, they were still undefeated and they played the Packers. Yeah, but when the season started again, when the season started, I, yeah. The perennial names came out. Okay. People were talking about the Browns being an AFC champion. And they were talking about Baltimore reigning in the NFC, AFC North again. A whole lot of folks weren't mentioning the Browns. You took it upon yourself to talk about the Steelers and 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 mention the fact that they probably wouldn't be very successful. And you for somewhat you were right. I mean, they have the issues on offense, but not a whole lot of people were mentioning the Cincinnati Bengals winning the AFC North. My thing with the Ravens is, is who's playing quarterback? Yep. Is it going to be Huntley? Is it going to be Lamar Jackson? And if Lamar Jackson is back, how healthy is he? Because as I've said about Kyler Murray and I've said about Josh Allen, I'll say about Lamar Jackson. When you start putting 85, 90% of your offense on your quarterback and this late in the season, they're going to get banged up and you got to worry about their health and how well they can play when they're banged up and they're not healthy. Because whether it's Josh Allen or whether it's Kyler Murray, the last couple of years, we watched guys' game suffer because they're not at 100%. Definitely, definitely an intriguing, exciting slate of NFL games on this holiday weekend. I got a lot of problems with you people. Hopefully, there aren't too many grievances to air after Christmas when we're back with you next week as we wrap up 2021 and look forward into 2022 uh, as the playoff picture becomes clearer. We'll see where the Bucks are. Do they get a win? Are there going to be more grievances to air? Who knows? But before we get there, we just want it from both of us, from Lynn and I, we want to wish you a happy holidays. Hope you're able to enjoy some time with, with your family this weekend and, some, and better football than what we saw last Sunday night. Hope you get that on Sunday afternoon with the, with the Bucks in Carolina. Uh, just Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, Happy New Year, Happy Birthday, Lynn Martez. Give Lynn uh, a follow on Twitter at Elmar810. You can follow me at TD Experience and follow Bucks. Bucks Nation at Bucks underscore Nation. Any any parting message for our listeners on this holiday edition? Merry New Year! Merry New Year! This has been Downey and Martez, a Bucks Nation podcast.